Hey everybody, welcome to our podcast, Remember the Odds. We talk about everything from the 2000s. I'm Courtney. And I'm Tom. And we cover everything from TRL, Totally Request Live, and Dedicate Live. Including things also from Kanye West's early discography, and then Viva La Bam. A lot of bands I've discovered from Viva La Bam. Some for the good, some for bad. Either way, it happened. Okay, side note. <laughs> I'm going to start this off with a side note. Yes. Um, I don't know if you've seen Eliza Schlesinger's Netflix comedy show. I have not. Okay, you should check it out. She does a bit that is essentially Jackass. It's called Jackass for Women. Jackass for Women. Okay. And the pranks start with, we're going to go ring on our ex-boyfriend's doorknob and tell him that... We think his girlfriend is prettier than me. And then, like, they do the prank. And then she runs away, and she's, like, crying that they've broken up. (laughs) So instead of, like, getting pumped up that they did this, like, huge, massive prank, like, in Jackass, instead they're just like, no, 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 you're so much prettier than her. You're so much prettier than her. I need to see this. I need to see this. It's really funny. I'm going to be amped up with them, like, yeah, let's do it. And then I'm going to feel for them. You did great. You did so great. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to talk about something yes, yes. very special. Um, do you want me to just so, read the Tom, lyrics or introduce Would you like to get started about? on the beautiful poetry that is what we're going to be talking about? Understood. Today? All right. I'm going to start from the very beginning. I'm gonna I'm gonna deliver this to everybody. I think everybody you should just as, read the lyrics uh, first. As it was intended, so <clears throat> I'm gonna try to not serious face. I am not a perfect person. There's many things I wish I didn't do, but I continue learning. <laughs> I never meant to do those things to you. And so I have to say before I go that I just want you to know. I found a reason for me to change who I used to be, a reason to start over new, and the the reason's you. That could be, it's weird because you think the song in your head, but I'm I'm reading it. Oh, Oh my God. (laughs) We will be covering on today's episode, the infamous song, The Reason by Hoobastank. Courtney, I think it's time. Time for what, Tom? I think it's time for our Zoomer Correspondent segment. So, Jana, I sent you a song that was immensely popular back when Courtney and I were in middle school. Everyone listened to that song. Can you tell us how you felt about the reason? Well, I wasn't really focused on the song. I was more focused, honestly, on trying to figure out what was going on in the music video and I hated it. I didn't understand what was going on. I picked up a woman got hit by a car and this this guy, Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell if he was sad about it or if he was the one that did it. Cause then he like sang in front of her dead body. Yeah, right. He like went into the store. He's not checking on her at all. It kept, it kept going back to the dead body and I was, like so many cuts of random scenes I was I was confused and then there was like a rock there was a red rock <laughs> and then 
and there was an oil on a motorbike with the girl she's alive and then it felt like at the end that's all that's all the footage they had they didn't shoot anymore and they had a solid 30 seconds left of music to fill so just kept putting in um the guy driving and the old guy on the bike very confusing i didn't like it that's a fair analysis now did you notice the song no what did you did you I i was genuinely so focused on the music video okay do you think that that song would work today work how do you think it'd be as popular now as it was back then probably not no that's fair do you think it could become a tiktok song i don't think you understand how tiktok works i don't (laughs) all right jonna thank you so much yeah so that was actually so the first thing that i wrote about the history of hoopastank was um it was a band that started in 1994 uh early on they started as like a funk and ska band and the name hoopastank is originally from a joke because apparently the lead singer couldn't pronounce a german street name correctly hoopastank and then they started their first couple of years uh, spelling it with a U instead of an A. So it was like, who boosting? <laughs> and I don't know who makes the decision to be like, you know what? What if we like change the U to an A? So um, they started with their self-titled album in 2001, starting with a single Crawling in the Dark. And then um, it led to uh, their second album being released in 2003 with the title song, The Reason, the single being released in 2004. What history did you hear about this band? I, I had known they started in 1994. I didn't, know, I didn't know about the name change. I was doing a little bit of research because I was just like, obviously the big thing that we all know, like even if you're not into you know this type of music at all, you know this song. And I'm like, yeah, but what are these guys? Like, who, what kind of genre are they? Because I didn't really know much. I just knew the song. Everyone knew the song. never heard anything by them before this? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. Because I had, I had heard Out of Control, and I really did like that song. All right. I'll have to check that out, yeah. There's, like, things moving underneath them because everything's out of control. I don't know. It's, like, classic <laughs> 2004 Fuse music. Yeah. Um, I mean, this song hit it really big. It reached number two on the Hot 100, number one in the U.S. and World uh, Modern Rock charts. It was in the final episode of Friends. That was what I found out. I was like, no yeah. way. Of course. <laughs> it fits so perfectly. Oh, my God. I know that, like, their first album, well, not their first, it's, like, before The Reason, they had, a, you know, they had some success I know they had some songs on the Scorpion King, which yeah. Do you remember that movie, the Scorpion okay. King? I have not seen the Scorpion King. It's no good. We might have to watch it then. <laughs> but so we'll we'll have a nice callback. I'm gonna love that yeah. because there's so all these things are interconnected. We'll yeah. Have an episode on the Scorpion King. We'll be like, hey, remember the remember that time we covered the reason? Here we go. Yeah. 
And then, remember that time that uh, the Mummy Returns hired a wrestler for a very small role, and then gave that small role a spinoff movie. Yeah, because he's barely in the movie. Because his big yeah. role is, is is a giant CGI like CGI monster. Yeah, they put him on. I remember as a kid, every single poster. Mm-hmm. And then he's only in the movie for five minutes, and then he gets destroyed. Yes. That's about uh, it. Also, Uba Stank was featured on the Daredevil soundtrack. Oh, yes. Another 2000s movie that we talked about that we have to watch. Oh, my God. <laughs> they did uh, tour with Linkin Park for Meteora's mm-hmm. uh, release, so that's another thing I learned. Mm-hmm. I could see them opening up for Linkin Park. That makes a lot of sense to me. Um, Meteora is definitely an album we've got to cover at some point. Oh, absolutely. That's personally my favorite. I know people yeah. debate between that and Hybrid Theory. I, I got to give it a Meteora. Right. No, I'm a Meteora fan, too. I like I like Hybrid Theory a lot, and I think my favorite song is actually on Hybrid Theory, but overall, as an album, I like Meteora better. Agreed. But that is a band that had more actual success than Hoopa Stank did. Hoopa Stank. I mean, it was certified gold, which was a thing that happened to singers and albums and musicians back then. Yes. Do you want to talk about the music video? Let's let's break down this <laughs> cinematic masterpiece that is the Hoobastank <laughs> music video. Citizen uh, Kane level artistry. <laughs> there's a lot going on here. Yeah. Um, it opens in what I believe to be a sh- street in Southern California. Is, mm-hmm. is that fair to say? I assume that's California. And it opens up with one of the band members standing outside a pawn shop. Sorry, a mm-hmm. pawn shop. And there's this gorgeous girl. Very 2000s, mind you. She's got so the, 2000s. Like, the look, the outfit. Does she have the, thinny, the thin scarf on? Yes, she has the thin scarf on. Everything... I was going to say skinny scarf, and then I said thinny scarf. <laughs> um, then there is a... You know, this is a music video, and I'm sure in 2004, we thought we, you know, our exposure to cinema and media led us to think that this was a very dramatic moment where the camera zooms in and we hear a car crash and we're like, oh no, the gorgeous lady got hit by a car. (laughs) Uh, Does not stand up to 2012. I mean, 2020, I'll say that right now. I'm sorry about that. I was going to say, I don't even think it would have stood up in 2012 either, because like... Tell the rest of the music video, and then I'll, I'll have my complaint about the beautiful girl getting hit by the car. A flock of, there's a flock of, what, pigeons flying by? Probably pigeons. And then we see the front, the lead, the front man for the band in the car who just hit the beautiful girl. Everyone, there's, there's crowd panics. Oh no, oh my gosh, what happened? A uh, man who hits a woman is now singing out loud, and then <laughs> goes to check on the body. Uh, no blood, nothing, no fracture. Everyone's just, you know, scared. No bruising. None. No smiling developing. She's got a nice smile. Flashback. She's the girlfriend, maybe, for the front man? I don't know. It kind of seems like a girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, so we're seeing play out a scene where the pawn shop owner leaves the store so that the band member standing outside goes into the store to break in. And we start to unravel the fact that this was all a heist. Uh, the girl's fine. The very fake-looking car accident was, in fact, a fake car accident. There's another band member outside getting ready to go. 
they got their gloves on. They still look like a band. They're not, not trying at all to disguise themselves in front of the cameras. We don't see the cameras, but I'm assuming if you own a pawn shop, you have cameras. We see uh, their whole plan come to fruition. Mm-hmm. There's a giant vault behind a poster of a mermaid. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, then it cuts outside. The front man's singing to the girl that he hit with his car intentionally, even <laughs> though she's okay. Not very dramatic. And then they uh, sped up footage of him driving and hitting the cameraman. <laughs> her, her eyes wake up. She's okay. Guy gets back and drives away. Where is he going? I don't know. They're breaking up. The police show up. Distressed woman uh, tells the police what happened. Front man's still singing. Pawn shop owner's like, what's going on? Uh, why does the pawn shop owner seem familiar? Is he a recognizable person? Or is he just I don't, like... I don't know. It's like, is he just engraved in my brain from watching this music video so many times as a kid? Or is he actually an actor that's popped up in things? I feel like he's he's trying to do a bad Andy Warhol. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I get from him. They're stealing a diamond. They're stealing a red ruby diamond? Or, um, I don't know, it could be the world's most expensive ring pop. I don't know. My favorite was that in their little um, overhead projector planning. The one that we used in elementary school to do assignments. Yeah, and I had multiple opportunities in my lifetime to take home an overhead projector, which is a strange experience to have. Yeah. Um, But it says on one of the little... uh, I forget what it's called, but the plastic sheets that you'd put on the overhead projector. It says on there, like, what the name of the ruby is, and it's just some bullshit to sound fancy, like, ah, yes, the red blood diamond ruby, of course. It's of like, course. Of course. Right, and it's just, like, owned by this one pawn shop. This one pawn shop in southern Los Angeles, I'm assuming. Yeah, who, who probably just has, like, mostly, like, divorcees rings. Yep. From their husbands that are 30 years older than them. If you had that ruby, why would you still be working at a pawn shop? Right. Why would you leave it at a pawn shop? Like, the simplicity of it is all, is one part of it that makes it so silly. And the thing that you were getting at with, like, the beautiful girl getting hit by the car. Mm-hmm. Couldn't this plan have worked with any of the band members getting hit by the car? Yeah, but this is 2004. We only care if women get hit by cars. Right. right. You're right. I'm sorry, Tom. <laughs> if we only care if she gets hit by the car. We don't yeah. care. Yeah. Uh, we also care that the budget specifically was allocated for the rent, the day rate of a very gorgeous woman to just get hit by a car and stand in the street with no other acts of dialogue, which is a funny thing when we talk further about the follow-up to this. Yeah. <laughs> when we get to that. But the the rest of the video plays out. They're all hanging out now in the apartment or hideout. Uh, they got all, the heist. They did it. They got the red ruby diamond. They're all <laughs> laying on the ground looking at it, smiling, laughing, playing their instruments, uh, having, a, having a grand old time. Girl's there. She's not dead. We know that. Um, She's totally video. fine, needs no medical assistance whatsoever, and even though it's a planned trap to, like, hit the girl with a car, 
they should probably still check her <laughs> to make sure she's okay. Yeah. Uh, we don't know what happened. Yeah. Uh, She's probably like, oh, look at the pretty lights, and, like, has a concussion. Yep. (laughs) At some point, we see a dynamic, very dramatic zoom-in of the pawn shop owner, the Andy Warhol. Maybe he knows something. We don't know. (laughs) But uh, very dramatic. That is the cinematic masterpiece, the Hoobastank, uh, the Reason music video. And... I don't know why, for many years, I thought there was more than one music video. Maybe I saw a live version, and then no, I saw... you know, when you mentioned that, I, I thought you were right, too. I remember there being a second music video, and then when you click on the music video on YouTube, it says director's cut. So Maybe I feel there. like there was another one. Maybe. That's the mystery. Yeah. But what I wasn't aware of, that you made me aware of, <laughs> is that this music video... You're definitely the lead on this one, because... <laughs> You told me that there is a cinematic universe where yeah. this song continues to another music video. The Hoobastank Cinematic Universe. They did it, it what is this, 2004? This is the HCU. The Hoobastank music video. What a lot of people don't realize is that Marvel didn't start it because uh, Hoobastank <laughs> started it. And actually, I would even say Freddy vs. Jason started it in 2003. You know, this, the, the cinematic universe has been around for a while. Uh, Hoobastank has a follow-up video, but is Mm -hmm. there more you want to talk about with this song and this video? Let's get back to the song after we talk about the second video, because now that we're on to the story of the music video, I think it's good to continue it with the second one. (laughs) Yes, and this song is Same Direction. Yeah, which is arguably better. I will say, I have not actually heard the song before, so when I heard this song, I was like, this is a lot better. Yeah. Like, I think you put it best, like, the reason is absolutely, like, a fuse ballad type that's going to play all day. It's going to garner all the listens. It definitely, it, it exploded at the time. Right. But I heard same direction. I'm like, I can get behind this. Right. And I, I was think like, it makes more sense with the way the singer sings, which I'll get into when we talk about the song itself. But it... It is a better song. It works better for his voice. It's more of that, like, rock sound to it. Um, But what we're getting at with the girl in the one video is that the next music video for Same Direction continues right where the story left off, which is the part that makes the inconsistency so jarring. Yes. Yeah. The second song... Starts quite literally at the last frame of the last music video. So for a brief moment, the girl is there. Yeah. But then it cuts to the pawn shop owner, who's now a detective. Yeah. And has a gun, and he's he's hunting down these, you know, these hooligans, the Hoobastank hooligans. Yeah. Who stole from his store slash police store because he's the pawn shop owner was... I don't understand. That's a really good point. I thought that they just, like, were completely separate characters, and they got the same actor to play both. But did they literally set up... Like, was this a a setup that was so intricate that they made a pawn shop? I don't know, because here's the thing. If they... if Because at first I was like, no way. They, They got the same guy to play two different roles. That's what I thought it was at first. But then you if you I think because they try to allude to him having a bigger role, but either either explanation is equally as dumb because it's very uh, messy. 
Because <laughs> if we're going to exist in a universe where the pawn shop was a front for a police investigation, um, then why are there no security cameras? Also, oh, there are security cameras, I think, but they show them like erasing it. Yes. Before they leave, but in the dumbest way possible, it's just like on the VHS, and then that's it. Yep, just scratch it all up. Yeah. So what I don't get? Okay, so pawn shop Andy Warhol man is also policeman Andy Warhol man, and he is tracking down these these the Hoobastank criminals. Uh, they're also playing, and then we get a young. This is the best part. We get a young Kanye West. And a young Chester Bennington, rest in peace, God bless, uh, playing in a, what a music audition for the made yeah, up- and it seems at first like there are two different things happening because they're making a band, and they lead you to believe like oh all these people who are actually famous at this time are auditioning for the lead singer, and then you remember like wait what does this have to do with the heist that was just happening with the pawn shop detective guy. So is the band Hoobastank also just a long con heist to get the red ruby diamond in competition with the long con heist of the police force to catch the Hoobastank gang? Right. <laughs> like, like, it's just so bizarre. <laughs> they seem like two different music videos to me. Yes. Also, yeah. is this implying that Chester Bennington and and politics aside, ex- like music extraordinaire Kanye West, we're not good enough to be the frontman of Hoobastank. Yeah, and then there's also Joel Madden, but that one's like forgettable. We can just forget yeah. about him. Yeah, I could, you know, you could blank and you won't even notice. Because then here comes yeah. the frontman for Hoobastank, and he's just rocking it out, and the band's like, "Oh, you're solid. You're, you're solid." Our guy. <laughs> This guy definitely knows how to steal a ruby red diamond. Yeah, it's like, yes, um, you do have that classic alt-rock sound that we we're looking for, but also, could you steal a diamond? And also, could you hit a woman with your car for us? Yeah, please hit a gorgeous woman with your car, and but do it in a way that incites that you didn't hit her with your car, but that you did, and people would believe it, but that she's safe. Also, yeah. her day rate is too expensive. Here's the thing, if her day rate was too expensive to put her in this video, why not just kill her off? That's a good point, because as soon as they start the music video and the band members are like, oh, oh no, we gotta get out of here, she's just gone already. Yeah, she's gone. She's, she's not, not there. here. Um, she is gone from the music video, and then, yeah, so similar to the way that the first music video plays out, this one also seemingly has a plot that... You don't know what is happening at first, and then it is later revealed to you another secret twist. Oh, the real secret, secret twist. Because the band members are all running around, you see some flashbacks of the plan, <laughs> you see them playing their instruments, because somehow being a band has something to do with the heist, but you it doesn't. reused footage from the last music video, so they didn't yeah. even use that much actual new footage for the no. new music video. <laughs> this is mainly all reused footage, except for some scenes of them driving. Which, to be fair, for a music video, them driving mm. was shot pretty well. Yeah. Having done amateur experience shooting a car driving, it takes a lot of work. Right. So I will give credit that 
that was an effective part. But uh, then we get to the twist where uh, frontman angsty Hoobastank singer, mm-hmm. who was apparently better than both Kanye West and Chester Bennington, yeah, was also working with the Andy Warhol police guy who was also the pawn shop owner. Because by the end of the music video, the band members are running away, and there's only two of them left. And I think it's the front man and the guitarist, or... I think he's got the t-shirt over the long-sleeved shirt. The very 2000s outfit, yes. So perfect. Uh, And then the front man arrests him. And we assume he's either an informant or also a cop. No idea. But the twist at the end is that the front man sells out his whole band... Congrats, guys. You picked the winner. He was the yeah. police informant all along. <laughs> Should have picked Chester or Kanye. Um, uh, yeah, what's funny to me, and I think both scenes are used in both music videos, but the look at the guitarist's face when he hits the woman with the car and this sort of, like, fake sadness of just, like, you, you close your eyes, you exhale, and you look down at the ground. Just like, ugh. It's, like, so perfect. Defines an entire demographic in the 2000s. It defines a generation of sad. Yeah. And then my other favorite scene is they must have directed the one member of the band, okay, you're going to point to the overhead projector and put an X right there on the safe so you look like you're telling them what the plan is. And he's just like, hmm, hmm. And then that's it. Yeah, because that guy's just, he's, you know, his role is just overhead projector guy. Yeah, it's just that point to this box and then put an X in it. He did none of the hard lifting. He just did yeah. the overhead projector job. Yeah. At both videos. So um, I've had this song stuck in my head all day. Like even when I was working out and I was listening to the Persona 5 soundtrack, which is about real stylish thieves. Um, I just kept hearing the reason while I was working out. I did a Twitch stream last night. And yeah. Before, because I was, I'm on a campaign for Resident Evil 7. And I was playing with, um, I have my co-host video with me. And I was like, video, I gotta listen to this song a few times. And she's <laughs> like, what song? And I'm like, The Reason by Hoopersang. And she goes, You say that, like, obviously. <laughs> yeah, obviously. And she's like, I don't know that song. I'm like, oh, you will. Yeah. So I put that song on. She goes, oh, immediately with that opening guitar, like, do no, 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 Yeah. She's like, oh, I know this song. Yeah. And it turned into a ballad on Twitch. We were all singing. We were all singing the reason. We're all like, this. we're in this together, man. 2020, singing Hoobastank <laughs> the reason. That's where we're at right That's now. That's <laughs> where we're at. I would say that, like, the only other song that got to this level and I would stand by it 110% because I still love this band, is Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol. Ah. Yeah. That is, you know, I don't actually know if I know that one. Oh, I'm sure it's once you hear it, you will know it. Yeah, um, definitely. It was played, it was in the Grey's Anatomy musical episode, which I have not seen, but I've seen clips of them singing that song. Yeah. So... Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to talk a little bit about like this this song in particular because mm-hmm. we mentioned earlier that it was used at the end of Friends, like the season right. finale. Because this song was used like it really took over. I would say maybe that year, like two thousand four. It just kind of was everywhere. Mm-hmm. 
and it like I have it ranked just on like it like of all time in the United States, I think it really hit high up there. Like when it came out, it yeah. hit uh US mainstream top forty billboard, it hit number one. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh on the rock billboard it hit number four. Adult Contemporary, number 17. The Billboard Hot 100, it was number two. I think you mm-hmm. mentioned that earlier. It hit number one rock and metal in the UK. <laughs> um, the only country that didn't particularly care for it was Ireland, where it hit number 35. Because Ireland's like, we've got angrier shit than this. We don't need this. <laughs> yeah, Ireland's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, all right, it's okay. <laughs> Is it is it fitting that that's also the last like that's the closeout song for the show Friends? I think it makes so much sense because when I think of the type of person that says Friends is their favorite show, and just sort of the banality of the reason by the Hoobastank, by Hoobastank, by the yeah. Hoobastank, it makes a lot of sense to me that they matched up. Because it's not like, I went back and listened to it, like yeah. the Friends season finale. Also, this is coming from the perspective of someone who's not a fan of Friends. I have nothing against it. Right. I just didn't watch Friends. Um, it's yeah. like it's like one of those things where they took like that, um, the instrumental and kind of looped it. Okay. And I think, because that instrumental is like, we're talking about the song. Um, it gets, it's very catchy. Like it's catchy. And it does yeah. hit that emotional chord. Like, there Re- is this... Dr- repeating... Um, no, I'm sorry. You go ahead. <laughs> no, I think what you're going to say is probably a lot smarter than what I'm going to say. No. What I was going to say, there's something about repeating, because that's the same piano key, right? Just over and over again. Yeah. Um, I didn't get a chance to look up what the beat was, if it's like four over four or like three over four or something, but that like... Dun 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 dun. There's something very like remorseful about it. Like it captures that like that dramatic emotion, and like yeah. what you said, like it captures this finality, and it works for the friend season finale. I'll say that. Like you pair that's like just that opening chord structure with this like the imagery that like oh the show's ending, these characters get engaged, they love each other. It's it it hits. It mm-hmm. works. Like it's fun to make fun of it, you know, and it is a little cringy, especially that music video like that. Taking itself very seriously and yeah. but there is it you know what? It worked. I mean, we can make fun of it, but it it worked. I'll say that. Do you think this is a good song? Um <laughs> I don't know. Like it's definitely it's absolutely a catchy song. Like mm. that's the thing. It's a catchy song. It's a catchy ballad. It's an earworm um, for sure. Yes, but I say it's good. Um, <laughs> that's very interesting. So I was trying to figure this out. I was like, it, it's one of those things where we look back on it and we kind of mock it. We're like, I found the reason. Like we make fun of it. But I was like, what am I? What if I listen to it again and then I like it? It's something about the way he sings it just wasn't making sense to me. Yes, that's what throws yeah. it off. The Everything else sort of works except his singing. Right. So I decided to listen to a live video, and it actually confirmed what I thought would make it better and what actually makes it so bad to begin with. 
in the live yeah. version that I watched, they have a small orchestra, like a quartet of strings. Mm. And instead of a piano, they have like two violinists, a cellist, and maybe a bassist, an upright bassist, playing that chord. And oh, okay. it's so much better. It's so beautiful. Um, I think that they should have just gone for a straight ballad and not a rock ballad. That makes sense. Yeah. It was like, really delicate. Yeah. That sounds more appropriate. It sounds more appropriate. It's definitely... Do you think that the reason this is a rock ballad was just a product of its time? That's what I'm wondering, too. Because, I mean, I've never really liked rock ballads because of their inauthentic depth. But... um I think if it was just played straight like a ballad, it would be really beautiful. I listened to um, Boyce Avenue did a cover of it more recently and played it as a straight ballad. And I think they hit the nail right on the head. It was much more enjoyable. It was much less of that rock crooning, um, which I can get into. (laughs) That also helped confirm my feelings about the song. Um, but I would say, like, if you want a good version of this song, if you want to actually believe it could be listenable as, like, a serious song, I would check out the Boyce Avenue version. I definitely will have to check that out. That's interesting. Yeah. It's like, there's definitely, I don't say, I can't say it's a good song. Like, I'm yeah. not gonna, like, it's got catch to it. It's, it's fun to sing as a, you know, even as a joke, but it's, I can't say it's a good song because even compared to its sequel. Mm-hmm. That song just flows. That song makes sense. It it's incorporates their sound appropriately. It's a nice, like, you know, alternative pop punk jam. Yeah. You know, a little it's a little harder than a typical pop punk song, but it, it definitely flows better with that sound. Mm-hmm. And the the reason like Is you. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason is you. And the reason is you. Is you. I found a reason for me to change who I used to be. (laughs) A side of me you didn't know. (laughs) The reason for all that I do and the reason is you. Um, Which, by the way, if I were on the end of that breakup, I'd be like, so you're going because you screwed things up and I'm the reason you're going to be better, but you're leaving? No, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, unless like, the tie-in to the video is that the reason he's a... Okay, so this is, that's a confusing thing now. Now I'm thinking, when you start to add logic to this, it doesn't make sense. Okay, so in the original song, if you just watch the music video, you can interpret it that he's stealing this diamond to make a fortune for this girl that he loves so much he hit her with his car. <laughs> but then you get to the sequel where it turns out he's an informant does that negate the whole point of stealing the ruby diamond for his girlfriend? Or is that saying that he turned in all of his bandmates to save his own skin and save the girl who coincidentally didn't get arrested? I don't know. We'll never know what happened with her. I mean, unfortunately. We don't know her daily rates. We don't know her daily rates. Um, I can't imagine what kind of gig she was busy doing when they made the sequel music video. Uh, But 
I mean, I just kind of always assumed that he was always a cop. But it, mm. it brings a good point because then if he's just trying to get his music friends arrested, like, it's one of those philosophical things like determinism. Like, are they actually evil because they were plan they had already been planning heists and they had already stolen things and this was the next heist? Or were they, of course, going to be evil and do this heist because they were led to do it by the pawn shop and the new member of the band who is an undercover cop that is a very interesting question are they actually height like are they actual thieves or did he push them to do this yeah that's a good point the existentialism of where this stands (laughs) can be debated for generations to come look i think the the one question we I like the question we ended the last episode on, and I'm going to ask you now, because I have an answer. Okay. Does this song stand up? If it came out today, would it would it still at all have the same impact? No. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're at a point in time where, like, for lack of a better term, like, sad boy punk, like, sad boy, like, alternative. Right. Doesn't hit the mainstream charts but there is a strong there is a strong music genre that presents taking itself you know seriously but not being mm-hmm. goofy about it and you can there's almost like an entire genre of this sort of like very not i want to say self-serious but like emotionally driven song structures and i think that they're you know critically on a more appropriate level than mm-hmm. what we see with Hoobastank. Mm-hmm. And also that song only made it to the top because of the very specific time it came out. Like, you yeah. can't get that today. Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, being on the final episode of Friends, that yeah. always cements your status with a song if it's on the finale of a show that's a huge hit like Friends. Um Also, I don't think it would work just solely on the basis of uh, one of the things that I was also noticing in the live version is the way that the singer sings the song sets it up for failure so that Mm. it's so difficult to sing. Because I don't know if you've heard of there's throat singing and then there's head singing, right? Yeah. So in throat singing, like, you know, it's all down here. And then in head, you can like, you can jump a little bit higher and like you're using... Like, you hear it more in your head. It's a weird thing. But he's singing the song mostly entirely in throat. Mm -hmm. And he's going, like, low, low, low. And then the only time he's using head is to hit those really, really high notes. And then he comes all the way back down to throat. So in the live version, too, he screws that up. And he can't even hit his own notes in his song. It plays so flat. And he's got to project it so much in throat singing which is so hard to do like to execute it so perfectly on those flat notes and not make it sound bad oh my god it it just sounds so bad live so um it's so hard to hit it so i think nowadays when uh well not right now because of the pandemic and everyone needs to stay indoors and keep safe but um back in the time when everyone would go to shows and that was like the only form of income for musicians in 2019. I think that this song would make everybody leave the stadium. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. No, they they came in right before the streaming age, and like you don't have that constant replay on Fuse. Like Fuse, we just discovered is not Fuse anymore, and no. uh, there's no like what VH1. There's no MTV replays. Like you, yeah. That like commercial success could only have existed at a time pre-digital, right. where you know rock ballot was a you know big deal, and because that's the thing. Like I, if you don't know who was saying, you know this song, and that's it, and you have yeah. no idea that like. Their other songs are more, like, appropriate for what they're going for. You will hear the song before you know the name of the band. A hundred percent. And also because they say the name of the song over and over and over again in the song. It's also the name of the album. It's also the name. Just to drive it home, this song is called The Reason. And we say the reason, the reason, the reason, the reason over and over again. And it's you. (laughs) And it's you. (laughs) (laughs) So, um... Before we end this episode, uh, I know we like to end on the question, like, would this get made today? And obviously the answer is no. No. I have decided to put together some emerging trends data that I would like to collect as we work on songs from this time period. Yes, please. Yeah. So with my experience as a researcher, I've decided to make a chart that I will catalog as we go throughout (laughs) all the music that we cover um i'm gonna pull it up it's in our google drive right now so it's called emerging trends in alternative rock from the 2000s that's incredible yesterday when i talked to you about this i started with three uh concepts for trends but by the time i started writing like the actual chart i came up with five so i will just read them out loud and we can see where the reason by Hoobastank falls on this. Yes. Um, the first category is mutual or self-assured destruction in love. That is, yeah. Uh, Denouncement of society, parentheses, <laughs> nonconformity. <laughs> um, the third one is take whatever you throw at me. Like, there's so many songs from this time period that's like, whatever you've got, I'm going to hit ten times harder. I can take it. I'm a big, tough guy. The fourth one is garbage person. Garbage person, yeah, that's definitely yeah. yeah, with that, yeah. <laughs> and then the fifth one, which we will definitely get to when we cover another song, eventually is not okay. The lead singer is obviously not okay. Maybe they're having a rough time. I love this list so far, by the way. And as we go, we can add more trends that we've noticed in the songs. But I feel like the, these five are pretty consistent with. Yeah. Uh, the music of the time. Now, normally in this kind of research and this kind of data collection, you would only put one category for each song. So let's try doing that for now. And then when we decide to stop, I don't know, at some point um, when we've gone through like a huge list of songs, we can decide if we want to put them into like more categories or just stick with the one or change it. Yes. Yeah. So I... Based on this, <laughs> you know what it is? Because the band image, the band what they're going for, mm-hmm. they seem more the announcement of society. Yeah. If you but listen this, to any of their other songs, it's like yeah. denouncement of society. But this song specifically, I think goes to mutual or self-assured destruction. Ooh, I was thinking garbage person. 
Or, you know what? Yeah, garbage man. He's a garbage man. Yeah, because the whole lyrics, he's like, I'm sorry I did those things to you. Um, I have to leave. But thanks for making me a better person. And it's like, wait, hold on a second. First of all, what did you do to this person? Because I want to yeah, know. That sounds like a better song. You know, let's put let's put him in the garbage person. All right. So let's put a tally there for that. The reason by Boobastank is now garbage person. <laughs> garbage person song. I feel like there's a whole league of music we're going to get through where it's like the lead singer is like, oh, I was so awful and I know I'm a terrible person and I'm so sorry. But thank you for these life experiences. <laughs> It was the worst, but thank you for teaching me how to be a better person. Exactly. Sorry you got the shit end of the stick. Yeah. But uh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, thank you so much for talking about the reason by Hoobastank with me. This was great. I had a great time. We should definitely pick another song sometime soon and do this again. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to us of Remember the Odds. You can listen to us on Spotify, where we will be posting weekly. And you can also check out our interactive content on our Instagram. Remember the Ots podcast, and that's with zero zeros. So it's Remember the Zero Zeros podcast. Be sure to like. Give us all the likes. Follow and like. <laughs> And share. I want to know. We want to know your stories too. I can't wait to hear about what other people have to say. So thank you for joining it's a beautiful us. Beautiful thing. Yes. Yeah, stay tuned, guys.